The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello and welcome back to the Stadia podcast and Ring RC. I'm Musuk Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm all right, thanks, man. How are you? I am good. No, I'm very good, actually. I'm relieved. Yes. Relieved? Why? I managed to secure um, a British passport. I already had one. (laughs) A British citizen. (laughs) How does that sound? (laughs) I'm a British citizen. And I, I had to get a new one because the old one was expiring. Uh, it was a bit of a nightmare. I, it took ages to get um, an appointment. I uh, ended up having to come back to the UK and then just stay online for like weeks, just refreshing the same website. And then the appointment I got was in Glasgow, went up there, and the queues were wild, Ryan. The queues are wild. Really? Like, yeah, even at that time of day, like, bless them. Like, they are completely overwhelmed with demand and they are doing their best like they're just overwhelmed there's just so much because it's post-covid so a lot of people want to well not post-covid mm. post-lockdown so a lot of people are still very much in the pandemic covid policy yeah post-covid policy exactly um post-lockdown a lot of people want to go traveling a lot of people's passports expires it's a bit of a toxic toxic storm um oh, no. but yeah they did their best and uh got my passport at long last so i will be Secure returning to Germany soon enough. Oh yay! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wipe the smile of their faces. <laughs> you can't stop me now. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, should we do some admin? Let's do uh, it. We hope everyone's staying safe and well and mm. cool. You did a great podcast with Stadio OG Ultra. Yes, Mash Saint Paddy. I did indeed. I did indeed. Yeah, episode one of his new of his new podcast. Yeah, really honoured to be on that. To be honest, um, 
Really special guy, Mash. I'm not going to lie, Mash. I didn't get a call. Well, the funny thing is the theme of the podcast is about um, dramatic setbacks in your career, but Ryan, your ascent has been smooth and flawless, whereas, not, whereas mine has been, not. <laughs> I've catfished my way. <laughs> Stop it. Stop that. See, so he's only interviewing catfish. Lying. He's only interviewing catfish. Oh, so but, you won't, you won't oh, get a call. Ridiculous. You won't no. get a call. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, go and check that out. I'm sure it'll be amazing. I haven't checked it yet, but I've got it lined up for a journey. Hmm. An actual journey, not like a, a spiritual, spiritual, spiritual journey. journey. <laughs> like, no, no. We have or to call actual, it this podcast. We have to be like a geographical journey. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it's not like I've got a, a big weekend planned in quotation marks. It's never, never just a journey on Stadia, is it? <laughs> right, his house went up on Monday. You and Ian talked about the Premier League weekend. Obviously, we have been on hiatus, but we're back. We are back. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Go be with my family for a bit. Yes. So, um, yeah, man. Hmm. Welcome back, man. Hmm. Welcome back. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I just needed to, uh, uh, I don't know whether to talk about it or not. I lost my granddad last week anyway, and uh, it really hit me quite hard. Mm. And um, we were very, very close. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been really lucky to sorry if this is a bit self-indulgent but like I've been really lucky to have known all of my grandparents mm. which I know some people don't have some people aren't that lucky mm. um, and know them into you know like me into adulthood for myself if that makes sense mm. uh, I don't know grandparent grief is a very it's a very different it's a really weird thing it's a, it's really, a very really special, yeah, there it's a very was, special category. There was an amazing it? essay that I read a while ago, and I forgive me, I can't can't remember who it was or where it was, but it was about, about the kind of, almost like the peculiarity of losing a grandparent, because mm. it's, I don't know, it's not like a, it's not like a parent or a, or a sibling or something like that. It's, it's almost like they have, talking of journeys, it's like your grandparents are very much coming to the end of their journey. Mm. And I think my my granddad kind of knew that, but still, it's like a weird thing. It's like a, I don't know. I really don't know. Happened uh, happened when I lost my other grandparents as well, but I think it was a bit different. Um, it's the relationship, know, isn't it's it? Just yeah, the, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And it's just I don't know. It just throws up these kind of weird life things. Mm. Everything. It, I don't know. Probably going to stop talking about it because I'll probably uh, I'll probably start crying. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's you're fine and you're and you're functioning or whatever, but um, it's like not such an immediate, or there's like an immediate punch in the gut, but then there's this 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 kind of constant looming mm. sense of like for you know it's been over a week now, mm. but um, you know like even now it kind of feels like I'm not, I'm not like more than. I'm not careful, like two or three sentences from just kind of completely losing it. Well, it's, you know, I think, Ryan, it's almost like, <clears throat> it sounds a bit cheesy, but I always felt like grief is like a conversation that never really stops. Yeah. And also the people don't really like talk about it a huge amount either. Like, No, no, any, no, they don't. They don't. It's it's a bit kind of like, well, you know, I should probably just, uh, just, you know, get, carry on. And, you know, they would have wanted this and all of this kind of stuff. And I've, I've done that before when I've lost loved ones and. I don't know, this time around, I was just like, I really just need to go and go and be close to my family. I'm really glad you did that. I'm really glad you did that because 
everything, look, nothing else really matters, I think, other than human connection. It's funny, and I was talking to Mash about um, mm. everything. He said, what is it that helped you succeed as a writer? And I said, actually, it was the people. It's the people who loved me. Mm. And he was surprised at first. I said, no, it's not about technique or whatever, because the thing is, you you cannot equate your you cannot equate your self worth with critical commercial success. Actually, the most important thing in life is is the people you care for and who care for you. That's it. And like mm-hmm. with, with grandparents, it, it's incredible because they don't just go; they take this history with them. They take an era with them. Mm-hmm. There's all this stuff they take. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these perspectives they take from the world that are like that they will. And I, I find myself now with my elderly relatives. I just with you know I I just press record when they're talking. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just capture yeah. it. I just, that sounds weird. I mean, I, I sit with, you know, my, my elderly relatives and I'll just sort of sit with them and be like, what was that like? Can you just tell me because stuff would just be lost forever. Yeah. It's really funny you say that. Cause I was, I've been meaning to do that with my grandparents mm. for a while. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a weird yeah. thing. Yeah. But I'm glad um, you took the time, man. And I hope you will continue taking the time as necessary. Yeah, sorry for sorry for that little kind of. I don't. Yeah, I don't usually kind of. I don't. You know, I don't usually talk about stuff like that. But I think it's mm. just. So I think sometimes, like, I don't know. You should be open with stuff like that. I, think, I suppose. Anyone who's read any F one stuff that I've done for the Ringer will be aware of. Uh, aware of my granddad, who's had a couple of shout outs. Yeah, and some F one pieces. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Cherish every minute with the people you love, man. Dare I say another shout out to him today. Yeah, man. Yes. Um, yeah, sorry for the slight pause. We're back as normal now. And uh, yeah, let's talk about some football after this. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, uh, let's do the Super Cup mm. quick because yeah, I have to sure. admit, I didn't catch the full game of this. I only watched the highlights, but from what I saw, I mean, obviously yeah, the yeah. result, Real Madrid 2, Eintracht Frankfurt 0. The winners of the mm. Champions League against the winners of the Europa League. Um, mm. Eintracht had a chance to go one 0 up, and actually, that first twenty five minutes, by all accounts, from the extended highlights, looked okay. I think that well, it was Kamada, wasn't it? it? Was it wasn't wasn't a bad wasn't a bad uh, attempt? Actually, it was a good save rather than a bad miss. Um, we've seen Courtois. Uh, handle himself in that situation many, many times now. It wasn't the worst miss, but it was a, a pivotal one. Because the thing about this game that's really interesting, I would say, is that I think maybe this game, <laughs> weird enough, maybe this game finally explained to people why Real Madrid are European champions. Simply because um, they have this incredible ability to raise the tempo whenever they want whenever they want. And they can do that against mm. a team like Eintracht, to a good side, but I think missing Kostic, that was clear. Missing some thrust down the flanks. Real basically raised the tempo three or four times in this game and twice they scored. That they, mm. they literally, it was, they're on the halfway, to, halfway line, a switch, uh, a ball into space, a break, all of a sudden Vinicius is causing trouble, bang, leads to a corner, one nil. Like, and it was, it was unbelievable. Their ability to, their ability to take the sting out of a game their ability to circulate the ball among each other, 
and they're not particularly fast. They were playing a kind of pretty orthodox, slight sort of four-four-two, with the width really well. The, the thrust down the right being provided by Vinicius, and then Casemiro, Cruz, and Modric in defence, kind of lining up fairly square a lot of the time with Casemiro maybe a bit deeper. But fundamentally, it was a four-four-two, Ryan. And now and again, you would get Vinicius peeling left again. Oh, sorry, Valverde was providing the width on the right. Sorry, Valverde. But fundamentally, Ryan, it was just like, it was just square pegs and square holes. And I thought to myself, yeah, the ability, yeah, the ability, do you know what it was? It was incredible because Eintracht didn't really land a blow on them. And it was kind of awesome in terms of a performance. It's not, this is the weird thing. It's not a game you will necessarily rewatch. But if you do want to understand why they do what they do, just watch that. Don't watch the comeback games. Watch that. Watch how they're so comfortable in possession. They're so technically gifted that they know at any, and this is why they're brilliant, because they know at any time they're so skillful and they know each other's games so well. Like their combination play is so good. They're like, we can, we can basically absorb pressure for 85 minutes and in five minutes we'll take you to the cleaners because we've got such exceptional talent. And I think Ancelotti's told them that. I think he's been like, listen guys, you're Real Madrid. There's 90 minutes in a football match. There's five and a half, de- there's five and a half thousand seconds. In that time, there will be a minute. There'll be 60 seconds in which you'll create enough for two goals because you're that good. I honestly think he tells them that because they play with that level of self-assurance and swagger. So two well-worked goals. Um, the second was the Vinicius-Benzema uh, combination. It's been so devastating the last 18 months, two years. And it was a good night. And I tried, this is no disrespect to them, but there was just a level Real Madrid were just a level beyond every stage. And when you've got like Modric coming off. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah. I know, no, yeah. no, just, sorry to cut in, but no disrespect to Eintracht at all. Resources, yeah, resources. In, they are just not of that level. Resources. Like, just but then not, when you have yeah. like Modric and Kroos coming off, being replaced by Rodrigo and Churamena, you're like, this team is going to feast for years. <laughs> and Camavinga well, coming the, in. Oh. The, the great thing about Real Madrid that we've talked about is actually that they've, they seem to have a succession yes. plan now. Which for a long time no. they didn't, and they just kept re-upping with the similar profile of player, with the odd sprinkling of a young gun who came in. Like Fadi Valverde was a bit of an anomaly, him and Vinny, but then some of the younger players all of a sudden were twenty six, right. twenty seven, like that, and they hadn't ever really had they hadn't really had the impacts that I think a lot of people had expected them to when they burst on the scene. So the thing that's happening at Real Madrid now is that if they, all they need now is a successor for Benzema, and they're kind of set. Yes, really, absolutely, yeah. Because they've got, younger, they've got younger people in the back line, they've got younger people in midfield, and they've got younger people in the forward line, apart from the centre forward. The Benzema spot. thing is intriguing, actually. That interests me because there are very few centre forwards, young centre forwards of the profile that I can see fitting that brief. And I don't even mean Mbappe, I mean like... If I look at who is there, the like 18, 19, 20, 21 category, you know, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing that yet. Well, that was why they wanted to so yeah, much. Of course. Wasn't it? Because it was just, but I think that we talked about this a little bit. I mean, quite interesting how a lot of people got a lot of bylines off Holland's first week in the, in the community <laughs> shield. <laughs> and, all, and all of them looked a little bit silly a week later. Whereas I think we just said, like, he'll be fine, you know, or. I think in the Writers House group we were talking mm. about this after the Community Shield game and I said, listen, yeah. I didn't say listen. I, was, <laughs> I said, um, the, 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 the two scenarios here are he's either mm. amazing at Man City or 
he's still really good, but he ends up at Real Madrid in like two yes, or three years. Absolutely. Which could still happen. Yeah, yeah. Like for sure. I don't think he I'm not I'm you know, you never know, but Holland is a potential successor in a couple of years or so if he wants to go to Real Madrid because he can, because yeah. he's Erling Holland. But he's only just got at City, so I'm not gonna talk about he's only just got to City, so I'm not just gonna talk about him going. But I'm just saying, like in terms of succession plans from Real Madrid, because you have Benzema, who is seemingly just not aging, mm. really. Quite similar to Lewandowski, I think those guys have really upped a gear in their 30s. Yeah. Then it's not so pressing as it would have been maybe like 10 years ago when you had a, a, a star striker of that age profile moving into this stage of their career. Absolutely. Also, just on a complete side note, tangent, but it's a really good thing for La Liga, I think, to have these talismanic battling number nines as are going on opposite sides of the Classico this year. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it gives them a little bit more of a narrative. You know, it's like Benzema. We're going to see Benzema against Robert Lewandowski yeah. at least twice this season. Without question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Format. yeah. I just also, can I just say quickly, so, quickly on the Eintracht thing, I just love seeing Mario Goetze back in the Bundesliga. That's yes, really me nice. too. That's really nice. As a small side note, I mean, he didn't make the greatest impression, but yeah. They took a hammer in over the weekend against Bayern on the opening game of the season. But also I think a lot of people, yes, they won the Europa League, I think a lot of people, like put it this way, who finished 11th in the Premier League last season? I'd say Premier League table, 21. I I can't say that. (laughs) Newcastle finished 11th in the Premier League last season. Mm. So if Manchester City beat Newcastle, what, 5-6-1 on the opening day of the season, no one would complain. No one would be like, the Premier League. Game's gone, game's gone. There are obviously numerous things that the Bundesliga needs to take into consideration, but I think it shouldn't be a Bayern beating Eintracht Frankfurt away from home. Yeah, by a it's a small margin. sample size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, elsewhere in the Bundesliga, Timo Werner is back at Leipzig. He is. Well, good for him. Resigned for him. after a stint at Chelsea where he did win the Champions League. Yeah. So not all in all unsuccessful. And also, I think we've said this a few times about Timo, is that he did so much great work for Chelsea off the ball. Yeah. I'm sure Pep Guardiola does not miss. He never worked the on that. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to having him back in the Bundesliga. It's interesting that he's going back to a place that he knows really well. Be a good front line, that. Be interesting to see how they do that. Yeah. Score some goals, yeah, yeah. Tedesco there as well. Mm. And they've got him back for less than they, they, than they sold him for. Yeah. So, pretty decent from, from Leipzig, to be honest. They got a new player, haven't they, from uh, um, Seshko, was it? Seshko from, uh, from Salzburg. Salzburg. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know how they managed to get that. Is it part of the same? They're part of the same thing, aren't they? Really? (laughs) (laughs) There he is. (laughs) Did I just get you? I can't believe I got you on that. Come on, Musa. You did. You got me. You got. (laughs) It's like when an unnamed club has those incredible like naming rights and sponsorship deals. Like, wow, what? Wow, how do they get that deal? Wow, amazing. (laughs) Other things I would just like to talk about in Europe, just elsewhere, very briefly, just league. Uh, yeah. Slightly nervous that PSG have got their act together, acquiring. Fabian Ruiz. I know. Yikes. 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 <laughs> what a player. This is the thing, like, that midfield now, they have Fabian Ruiz, Renato Sanchez, and Marco Verratti. That's coached properly. That's as good a midfield as you'll find anywhere. Yeah. That's really, really good. Really, really good. <laughs> Yikes. So PSG have worked it out. And they've got a really good blend of youth and experience now in that team. That's now looking like a football team, to be honest. It'll be very interesting to see what PSG do in this kind of second phase. They've they've got sensible now with their money Mm. and they're not just splashing the cash 
Lewis Campos is there, extremely shrewd, and it's a it's a new generation for them. It's a new direction, and I think they will now be, should now be a perennial. Well, they're already a perennial contender in the Champions League, but I think now this is the year that they start stepping up. To be honest, really interesting to see what they do. I do like the Alexis Sanchez to Marseille signing. Yeah, me too. I love this. And also, can we just shout out Wijnaldum's thirsty announcement video for Roma? <laughs> I've not seen it. I've oh not my seen god! It. Just have a quick look. I want people to get the live reaction. All right, here we go, everyone. Musa Hukwanga is about to give you a live reaction to Wijnaldum's thirsty announcement video for Roma. Let's go. Just there. Here we go. <laughs> oh my God, you're joking. <laughs> that is... <laughs> oh, it's absolutely shameless. That is absolutely shameless. <laughs> if, there's, if there has ever been... Can I say this? I really love that those two are now working together, AS Roma and Wijnaldum because they may be two of the most self-aware individuals on social media. They know exactly what they're selling. <laughs> Mino and his footbed. Listen, they know what they're marketing. Okay. That is... Mino's Instagram has been, <laughs> has been a, an unbelievable gift to this world. <laughs> Isn't it funny how Roma is like the place where the chaos is just assembled? They're going to be really fun this year. I there was a goal so. they scored, I they actually. Are. I hope they're going to be fun. Did you see that goal they scored? Well, it's a pre-season, I think it was. But um, that goal they scored, was it, um, was it uh, who combined for it? It was um, Dybala, Tammy, Pellegrini, a bunch of them all combined. It was just a pre-season game. Yeah. But the way they're combining already, the chemistry looks great. I also saw Dybala take so, yeah. a chunk out of the floor on a corner and the corner just went, just dribbled out of play. <laughs> Everyone's just like, that's huh? amazing. <laughs> I was like, it's like me playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else you want to touch on from general goings on? No, no, no. That's all good. I mean, there's always the transfer stuff, but you know, let's wait till the dust settles on most of that to kind of. And we're going to have, we've got the transfer window coming up. Very yeah. Soon, yeah. So let's wait till um, the dust settles. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. Let's do it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Vacation alert from the three-row Jeep Grand Cherokee L. Mama and Papa want to go hiking. Los abuelos want to relax at the beach. And the kids want to go to the amusement park. With seating for up to seven, you and your loved ones can enjoy all these adventures and more. Jeep. There's only one. Visit jeep.com to learn more. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Uh, we should probably put out a content warning, huh? Yes, let's do it. So, this section we might be talking about things like sexual assault, mm. rape, fan behaviour, mm. things like that. So, yeah. if you don't want to listen to that kind of stuff, you don't have to. It's the final part of the show. Yeah. Um, just wanted to mention that at the top. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. There is the Benjamin Mondi trial, and 
multiple allegations of rape and sexual assault. Mm. Ryan Giggs' trial has started at the moment for, was it abusive and coercive behaviour? Controlling behaviour um, and allegations of violence as well yep. during the relationship. I heard some of the stuff that's come out about that and you can read it all of that stuff that's, that's out there and it's so grim. The mm. allegations are so, so grim. Likewise yes. with Mondi. We touched on the Mondi stuff when he, when it was announced that he got arrested. We've obviously talked a couple of times about this story of a Premier League footballer who was uh, still playing and the, we've been retwe- we've retweeted some stuff and we've said a couple of things online about it, mm. about a Premier League footballer who was being investigated for multiple rape allegations. I think it's three like allegations. Yeah, three allegations. Um, one of those allegations, just to uh, update you, one of those up- allegations um, no further action has been taken. And that is because, to quote the relevant police authority in Barnet, the relevant legislation had not come into effect yet at the time of the alleged offence. So what that means is they couldn't prosecute on that particular charge because that law didn't exist yet for the prosecution. Basically a technicality. Right, technical, absolutely. But the other two are being pursued. Are the other two being yeah, are being investigated. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently the club is aware yeah. of these allegations and continues to play the player an individual on social media probably a lot of people saw it uh, made allegations against a player yeah long story short you and i have been talking about this behind the scenes a little bit and actually being like what can we say here what can't we say because it's really different each each long let's just kind of break it out very 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 simply for people who are listening who might not know the way that the legal stuff happens with media is, is really really it's tricky for me because I, you're, you're a trained lawyer, right? So you understand yeah. it a little bit more than I do. And you've been dealing with a lot more stuff that you can get. You've, you've written about stuff where people will, I mean, you literally got hacked. <laughs> hacked into your Instagram account because of the stuff that you were writing. That's do you know true. what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. I haven't grown up through that or had, you know, had my career in that. So very much like learning on the job. Mm. I think you and I do a pretty good job of when we talk about stuff like this, no, almost self-policing, knowing what we can and can't say. What we can and can't say in terms yeah. of using allegedly or saying this or, you know. Now, this current case where a player was not legally named mm. is quite different because, say, for example, the Mason Greenwood incident, his name was made public by the authorities and then Manchester United suspended him very quickly and actually did, with I think. The, that's the speed you need to move with, quickly, I would say. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about other cases before. We've talked about Cristiano Ronaldo signing with Manchester United last year. We've talked about other men. We talked about the Benjamin Mondi case. We've there have been other cases that we couldn't talk about literally because you could not talk about them. Yeah. So you wrote a great t- tweet to this the other day about saying that I, just because we maybe don't do them on the podcast straight away after or even the one after that. Whether it is anything, and I think this is actually a really good thing to raise because a couple of times out, out in, in other really, really grim instances of stuff happening in football, we have had messages from people mm. being like, why haven't you talked about this right away? For you and I, it's about making sure we do it correctly as opposed to just talking about it for talking about its sake, just to tick a box and be like, okay, we ticked the box and talked about this straight away. Usually what we do with stuff like this is we mention it briefly and we circle back to it when we can yeah. because you have to make sure that they're done with care. I think that's right. And I think also as well to discuss a thing, how do I say this delicately? 
if you're discussing things at a time when the allegations are live and names are circulating, you have to be careful from a legal perspective that you are not connecting that individual who is the subject of the allegations with what you're saying because like lawyers, expensive lawyers can get on your case very fast with that. And expensive lawyers have been at work throughout football for a very long time in relation to issues like this. What yeah. I want to say about this and to go maybe even straight into it, I want to um, quote a tweet that you wrote, which I think is central to this. A key thing about fandom is criticising actions of your club or its players and allowing that to sit alongside your love for the club. I will never defend actions of the club I support, nor a player who play, that plays for them, merely because I'm a fan. That's not how fandom works, in my opinion. And the reason I want to start with that in relation to discussing this, the frustration I think I, I have with football, and I saw it with Manchester United, uh, my own club, the way that Manchester United as a fan base handled a lot of these allegations. When you sent that tweet, I thought about it. And at first I was like, yeah, no, I really agree with Ryan. I was like, that's fandom. And I thought, hang on a minute. Fandom is actually, what is fan? It's fanaticism for a lot of people. And actually there are some people that do support a club so they can endorse anything that happens under that banner. I do believe there is that aspect of person. I'm not going to lie. I think there are some people because I look at their fandom and I think the only way you support your club, the only way I can see that's consistent with the belief system there is that, is that actually you're watching these people that give you joy and you'll forgive them anything. And that feels like part of the deal for you. I feel like I draw a distinction between that type of uncritical support and the type you talk about in your tweet, which is to me, if you love an institution, then you critique it to make it the best it can be. I don't think that everyone is invested in that, Ryan. And that's really, unfortunately, the conclusion I've been forced to draw these last sort of few years, really watching and you know, supporting football, loving football. There are some people, if you hear some of the songs being chanted about the players in question and the support for the players in question, it's explicitly they can do whatever they like because they're ours. Yes, they may be uh, accused of this, but if they did that or not, who cares because they're ours. And that I think is a fear of mine because that feels like a thing that is not only in football, um, that kind of, if it's on our team, it doesn't matter. I don't know how you feel about that, but that I feel is like, and that, that to me is what's infecting the discourse here a lot. I totally agree. And the reason I wrote that tweet because I didn't want it to be about anything specific, mm. actually. I think it goes across all aspects of fandom. Mm. For example, the last few weeks, especially with the Giggs trial and his place in the director's box, we talked about this when the Ronaldo thing happened last season for Manchester yeah. United. That specific decision, or Ma Manchester City's specific decision to play Benjamin Mondi yeah. that came out about it until a certain point, and this unnamed club's decision to continue playing this unnamed player at certain points. Like, I'm, I'm not saying I have the answer of what is right or wrong to do here, just FYI, yeah. because yeah. I don't, actually. I have my beliefs in what I think should happen, but I also understand that football clubs aren't, aren't run like a small business. You know, it's not, they're not run like that. Mm. And therefore, what I would expect from them sometimes isn't what they would do. They seem to, op I was talking about them, in, I was talking about this to someone else the other day, just about stuff in general, about how even still after COVID, football clubs and football in general still seems to operate in its own bubble. Yeah. It's impunity. That's what it, the reason it's different is because they're not accountable like we are, though. That's the exactly, difference. Exactly. They're not accountable. Again, in the last few weeks, I 
I think I think we said this about a year ago or so when the Ronaldo thing happened about how just like actions of clubs, decisions of clubs, positioning of certain fans, even the behavior of social media accounts. That's what I mean. Behavior of social media accounts. Yeah. Even though it may not say this directly, it absolutely says to a a huge huge part of a football fan base, your fandom doesn't matter as much as X, Y, or Z. Yes. I think I'm basically repeating what we said last year because that to me is, repeating though. that to me is the real tragedy with all of this is just that you can do so much work or football football mm. clubs can do so much work really really good work but when it comes to actually making a decision that speaks volumes they undo all of that work. And then they it's do. kind of just like it's like it feels like you've pushed you've <laughs> sorry for the really rubbish analogy but You've pushed a boulder up the very, very top of the mountain and then you're five metres away from the top and some guy just appears and is just like, not today, and just boots it back down again. Yeah, and returns further back than it it even was. Yeah, and the worst thing is when you fall from a height like that, you fall further than the place you set off from. That's the thing that worries me about this. Like Because you start questioning how much of that was authentic. Mm how much of that work was authentic. And also here's the thing as well. I'll say this football clubs are big institutions full of people, the range of views, and you dishonor the people that did that work to get it to that point. You dishonor the people that did that work in good faith. And that's the problem too, I think. And I would say that any football club that is, in, that is uh, dealing with these challenges, of uh, sexual assault, alleged sexual assault by a player of theirs, there'll be fierce internal battles. 100%. And I would say to those clubs, do not take for granted, do not take for granted the loyalty of your outstanding staff who've worked hard to elevate your club. Do not take it for granted because those battles will be absolutely fierce and dissent will arrive from corners that you won't expect. Mm-hmm. And that will be the legacy. And this is the thing. I think sometimes clubs, you know, we've seen football clubs so often be guilty of short-termism in relation to a variety of issues, not just sexual assault, but you know, financial irregularities and proprieties, all the rest of it. And it's because they think the well will never run dry. What we've noticed though in football is the world does run dry. We've seen the Super League. We've seen that fans can revolt when a line is crossed. Football keeps pushing its luck, I think. And the flippancy, the lack of seriousness with which it's addressed some of these issues over time will become corrosive to the institution. Short-term gain, yes, a few points here, maybe a trophy here, a higher place finish. But fundamentally, the long-term direction, the long-term trend it's not in your favour. We saw it with women's football. Women's football been trying to suppress that thing for so long, so many authorities, and it's like, what, 87,000 people inside Wembley. That is a sport that has clearly demonstrated that the long-term trend is against suppression of a beautiful art form, right? Clubs that are looking at women's football rising like this, if they have the capacity for self-reflection, need to look at how they're handling these issues of sexual financial impropriety and realize that fundamentally they will not win out. Now they might say, actually, we don't care. 10 years from now, we won't be working in this field. 15 years from now, we won't care. The trophies will be in the cabinet. No, actually, you're bigger than that. You're about legacy. Yeah, because I think I said to you that no player is too valuable. Right. And that should be, and that is my, that is my stand on that. No player is yep. too valuable or more valuable or has a value higher than making the right decision whatever that is. And I'm being deliberately vague here because yeah, we have to, I agree. actually. Yeah, yeah. But this is I what agree. this tweet was about because I think it just applies to so much football fandom and I wanted to, to, 
I wanted people who have been thinking about this to, to know, A, we've seen it, and B, we have discussed, you and I, at length about how we wanted to talk about this because, you know, sometimes we want to go off and we just can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the reason that I wanted to, well, we were going to circle it around that, that tweet that I wrote was because I think it just, there are fans within all clubs that, uh, who have this ability. You know, I've, I've known Manchester City fans who have long questioned the ownership and have long, uh, you know, wrote critiques about them, or sorry, or mm. voiced crit- criticisms about it and, and would probably take feeling closer to the football club over the success that they've received in the last decade. Yeah. There are some fans who won't and there are some fans, for example, who, you know what, I, I use Bayern Munich fans as a prime example and I, and I was actually talking, mm. I was actually talking to Ian about this this week, about Bayern fans and PSG fans. Two mm. super successful football clubs in their, in their leagues. Um, both gone very, very far in the Champions League the last few years. You know, Bayern won it, beat PSG in the final. PSG have been to final, uh, been to a final. Bayern fans consistently criticise the Bayern board. Yes. For sponsorship deals, for taking money that they don't believe is ethical, all of this other stuff, despite being an absolute juggernaut of German football and winning everything, they are still holding the people that run the club to account. Same with PSG. We've talked about this on the podcast, how like PSG fans were protesting against the club ownership and the club model and all this kind of stuff. Like there are fans everywhere that do this stuff. And I think the thing that I have a problem with is that it's, I think it's a lot of online fandom and it's a lot of, not necessarily just online fandom because we've seen some stuff come out of the weekend. I think about, it's, sp- I think it's, I would say it's spinning across for the first time. I think it's actually spinning across. I know we've been kind of meandering a little bit, but this is where the, my, the tweet came in. I'll put it this way. What does it say about you as an individual if you are willing to defend someone that you don't know, have never met, probably don't actually know a huge amount about in terms of character, personality, what they like, what they don't like. It's actually, it's actually someone mm. you just, you don't know them. Mm. Purely because they pull on the shirt of the team that you support every week. Why are you doing that? And I, I saw someone wrote a great tweet, I think in response to it. Uh, let me just see actually what it was. Yeah, Nifty Palms replied to that tweet that I wrote actually saying, the word family is often used in football. Just like I praise members of my family when they do something well. I also tell them when I believe they have done something wrong. And I thought that is such an actually like a really nice way to sum that up is that, no, I want my club to be better. I want my players to be good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. There are so many instances where a huge, huge proportion of a football fan base must just be sat there being like, why the fuck am I doing this? The sport yeah. doesn't care about me. And the fans don't actually fucking care about me either. And to me, that's just so sad because it's their sport as much as it's your sport. And it's not, we say this all the time, it's not our sport. We love it. It's not our game. We're two men. Football isn't a man's game. It's not our game. I'm a straight white guy as well. We've talked about this before. Like, literally, the game is essentially run by people like me. Mm. A little bit older, even though I'm getting on a bit now. But still. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Hopefully I have better hair than most of them. (laughs) But Yeah, well, you got the the best hair in this podcast, I'll tell you that. (laughs) But in the same way that the internet had been designed with safeguards against 
like harassment for women, queer people, people of color. Like if, if, if the, the, the internet, unfortunately, was designed by a lot of people who kind of had a utopian view, by a lot of, you know, you know, there was a lot of straight white guys there at the very beginning. There were other people too, but they're like a lot of straight guys driving it, financing all the rest of it, where they didn't really think about these safeguards. Because they've never- It wasn't it's, fit it's for like purpose. They've never had to experience that level of, of, of hatred. Yeah. Okay. Appropriate hatred, all that. And so I think this is right about football and there's an issue about diversity, absolutely, and uh, sort of decision-making within football. There's also an issue about listening mm. and awareness and what matters. And one thing I will say that a challenge I've seen with football is there is a certain breed of football professional who's like, it's just about football. It's just about football. And actually, unfortunately, the reason why football is in this state is because people have paid so little attention, comparatively speaking, to matters off the field that the games in the state is in now. And the health of the game of football is not to be taken for granted. I've been really disappointed by the extent to which people have abandoned critical thinking. Mm. And I don't mean critical thinking as in, ooh, he said, she said, she, I'm not, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying yeah, critical thinking say, or, or as in like, like Jordan Peterson right now. I'm not going to lie. Ah, ah, ah. I mean, critical thinking as in like, step back from this, yeah. remove your allegiance to your club and look at this like independently of that. Is this an appropriate way for an institution to be behaving towards a person at risk? towards a person subject to such serious allegations, is that appropriate? And there are some who've used that and used that faculty and there are others who haven't. And I found, I found the latter really disappointing because it's come from corners, it's come from corners, quarters and voices, actually, in some cases I wouldn't have expected. Um, so yeah, that's a... Uh, the final thing I'll say on this is just that like, my fandom for, for the football club that I support will last a hell of a lot longer than the career of that whoever plays for that football club. Right. So, like, no. I want the players to be better. I want the club to do better. That's, if, if anything like this comes out in the future, or if anything like this happens yeah. in instances like this, it's like, no, I want the club to do better. You know, whether it's yeah. season ticket prices, whether it's sponsorship decisions, you know, the Visit Rwanda shirt sleeve sponsor, in the grand scheme of things, is not a huge moneymaker. Yeah. And, with everything that's going on, why is that shirt sponsor still on the Arsenal shirt? It shouldn't be there. It should right. not be there. And this is the thing that I'm talking about. Like, if someone criticises the Visit Rwanda, uh, this is a prime example, actually. If someone says to me, what the fuck are Arsenal doing with Visit Rwanda on their sleeves? I'm not going to be like, no, fuck off, mate. Uh, Chelsea had this or Man United had this. It's right. like, it right. doesn't fucking matter, actually. It doesn't matter. No sponsorship deal is too valuable. No player is too valuable. And the clubs in question, the clubs in question whose players are subject to the allegations will learn that in time. They'll learn that over time. As soon as there, are more, there is more information on this that comes out and is reported, we will go back to it and do it in more detail. Yeah. If and when we can do. Yeah. But I don't, I can't imagine that we have many people listening to this who would be... Surprised by our take on it necessarily? But it's important to restate it. No, but also we have a voice in football. For some reason we have a podcast. We're allowed to talk about this stuff. Imagine what it's like for people who don't, who just see the vitriol going round when contentious stories come out or grim stories come out around players at football clubs or football clubs and just people 
dig in about it. I just, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what point we're trying to make. But <sighs> the frustration of our listeners, you know, it's, it's one that I share because I, you know, I'm a football fan first. Actually, no, before that, before that, actually, I'm someone that cares about anyone who's been subjected to the things that were alleged. Um, and then I'm a football fan. I then kind of, <laughs> as David Brent, probably entertain a third. No, <laughs> like I'm, that, that, that's the last, you know, the last, the last thing I am is like a partisan in relation to this kind of issue. And I know a lot of our listeners feel the same. And I just think it's really important to restate that. Um, and I just wish, I wish there's more that we could say. And I just wish that most importantly, I just hope most of all that those at the centre, those bring these allegations, I hope that they are being surrounded by as much care as possible at this time. I hope they've got care, love and support around them. That's the most important thing um, because they have to bear that every day. They have to wake up with that every day. Um, so yeah, all the best to them. I couldn't agree more. The only thing that I have issue with is the fact that you didn't say poet, award-winning author member of the oh Royal God. Society of Literature squeezed in within oh all of God. that stuff. Not even fourth, fifth and sixth. They didn't even get a fourth. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. The myth, the myth continues. <laughs> the only reason Musa doesn't have a business card is because he can't fit all of his job titles on there. <laughs> <laughs> Musa's business card was A3. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right, should we leave it there for today? Let's do it, let's right. do it. Um, yeah, thanks for bearing with us, everyone, and uh, we hope everyone's staying safe and well. And we'll be back yeah. on Monday, and normal service will now resume. We'll be back at least twice a week. Yes. And uh, not long until the World Cup. Oh, before we get before we move on, quick shout-out to Brian Phillips, and go and subscribe to 22 Goals, a new podcast on the Ring of yes. Podcast Network. It's on Spotify, I think. Um, Brian Phillips talking about 22 icon- iconic goals in the lead up to and during the World Cup. I think the final episode airs on the final, the day of the final of the World Cup, which I think is just such brilliant planning. Iconic podcast, an iconic writer, exactly. Brian Phillips, one of the very best to do it. Sorry to embarrass you, Brian, but you are one of the very best doing it. Uh, we love your work uh, on this podcast, have done for many years. So yeah, looking forward to uh, delving further into that. Other than that, check the ringer.com. Make sure you check Writer's House. That'll be back next week. And yeah, I think that's I think that's everything. That's us. Um play it. Don't, don't forget to check the Stadio Outdoors players on Spotify. And we're playing out on the Yardleys track called Just Remember. Anything you want to add, Musokwonga? Nothing further on this occasion. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, everyone, much love. Take care. We'll be back on Monday. Take care. Just remember there's someone thinking of you He's thinking of you all the time If you think 
Darkness.